What's up everyone? This is Philly Pat back on another episode of the Philly Pat Project and I am excited. This is the finale of the Halloween edition 2023. Um, I've really really enjoyed it. I am here with my favorite people Brooke aka the future Mr. Philly Pat. Hello. And Josh. What's going on everybody? And we all appreciate you guys. There's been a lot more people listening to the podcast, more people searching, more people getting interested. This makes us very excited. Um, it gives us, you know, a lot of meaning behind being able to have these conversations. And we can only hope that we continue to bring really good conversations um, to you guys to listen to. Um, how the, the Halloween edition has been great. Um, we talked about slashers, classics. Um, that was a really, really good two episode uh, that we got to do. We did the horror movie trivia. Me and Brooke were able to uh, get it started with a horror punk collab style episode that I think was really, really meaningful um, and, and was an awesome episode to do. And with that, um, we wanted to close this out and just kind of like the state of horror, where it's going, how we feel, and specifically kind of talk about, um, you know, the post-COVID horror, just how great horror has been since the pandemic has come to an end, and, and you know, um, all these really, really strong movies, some in which are our favorite movies of all time. Um, and then maybe just talk about horror festivals. Um, we just did a uh, you know haunted attraction on Friday with our good friend Miranda. Shout out to her, and um, you know just kind of have fun with this. Um, so how do you guys feel, right? Like I feel post COVID horror, you know, as I would term it, has been super strong. I I, I love the direction overall. Overall, that horror has 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 brought, you know, um, the originality, the creativity. Um, but before we kind of talk about movies in specific, how are we feeling about the state of horror in that way? I feel like, uh, I feel like just because of COVID, so people had so much time on their hands during that period of time. So for about a year, year and a half, I mean, there's a lot of people that aren't working. I mean, they're just collecting stimulus checks. And people are just sitting around streaming stuff, you know what I mean? And people that aren't even necessarily fans of horror are coming across things that are horror, horror adjacent, and just kind of rolling with it. So it's kind of opened up the whole avenue of horror, I think, in a helpful way overall for the genre. Um, That's a good point. I think it, it hurt the theater, for sure. It hurt the theater, and luckily it didn't die. Right. But um, I definitely think overall it's, it's helped horror. Sure. How do you, what do you think? I honestly didn't really think about this before this conversation. Um, Because I work in an industry that didn't shut down during COVID. So I worked throughout the whole thing. Um, So I didn't watch or any more or any less than I was already. So to me, it was pretty much the same. But I can see how streaming probably was way more popular. And people run out of shit to watch. So Mm -hmm. they start looking into different things. And I mean, there was a lot of projects that weren't happening because of COVID. A lot of stuff got shut down. But then once it kind of lifted, but we still like were practicing COVID safety here in America. Uh, then we got like two years worth of right. stuff in one year. 
Yeah. So, you know, 2022, last year, and yeah. part of 2021 was crazy as far as releases. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. And like, like Brooke, you know, um, I also worked pretty much through COVID myself. Um, but I can understand your point, right? There were people who got an opportunity to experience movies um, and they're streaming all this horror. And then, like you said, you have all these releases that were like put on pause, put on hold. Um, others took the opportunity as writers to create new things with new ideas, being able to kind of just be able to sit there, um, you know, and write, write out, you know, good, what I think has been a very strong uh, storylines in a lot of these movies. Um, and then, you know, the theater, you know, comes back and then that feeling that I had growing up, like I love going to a theater, see a horror movie. And I also really just like the experience of watching horror movies with other people and seeing their reactions. Like that was fun that that came back in and it's coming strong. And I think horror has like really taken a look at that. Um, and as we go through this list, like, you know, it, it's very evident that horror is like not only making, you know, remaking a name for itself, but there's a lot of performances and a lot of movies in here that are like getting the buzz going in Hollywood of like, yeah, we need to start like really considering Oscars and, and different things, not just from the stories, but the performances, the cinematography, all of that is like becoming a conversation um, that that is happening, which I think wouldn't have happened as strongly. It may mm -hmm. have happened, mm -hmm. but I don't think it would have happened as strongly if there wasn't that, you know, um, you know, if there wasn't a pandemic in that way and, and what has come in the post-COVID. There's almost horror. been like a more appreciation yeah. for horror. Yeah, for sure. It's bleeding into the mainstream a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but as we, as we start, you know, getting into some of these movies, you know, hopefully you'll get the idea of like how great horror has been. Um, you know, Scream 5, Scream 6, um, two very strong entries to the franchise. Uh, Mindy, um, you know, the character in, in, in Scream 5 and Scream 6 coined the term requel. Now we have a lot of movies that are taking that concept and running with it and doing really well with it. Um, but also the fact that like we in my I know me and Brooke feel this way. I know that you're a li little not too far off, but a little, little different in, in your rankings. But Scream 5 was probably the best one, in my opinion, since the first one. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was... I was blown away when I first saw Scream 5. I thought it was so good. I was really excited about that one. Um, which is probably why I was so let down with Scream 6. We which is fine. I mean, whatever. Just rewatched that earlier today, too. Yeah, I mean, I'm... I was just really... I really liked that one, but... Um, yeah, I guess it was... Um, I don't really know where I'm going. I mean, I still think it has, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, cause I think four is so good, but yeah, but five, but five is, I would, it's close. Yeah. But I will say that five has the best kills in the entire franchise. It does. I think. And then even though, you know, Brooke feels, and I just rewatched it earlier today. So like, I'm appreciating it more for its creativity and originality, even with a formula that, you know, has already been done in Scream 2. Um, but Scream 6 is still, in my opinion, the most intense one. Oh, for sure. Other than the finale, sure. which even the finale was crazy and, like, over the top, but, like, still still within Scream world. Um, but it was so intense. 
And even though a lot of people didn't die, the stakes were raised in that way where like everyone at one point or another is getting attacked, hurt, um, should be dead, did die. It or was, could die. Or yeah. could die. Yeah. And, and we got three three killers, which wasn't done before that. So like two really strong entries in Scream to not only, I think, bring back the franchise in a strong way, but also um, make fans... For people who may have not even known of this franchise, they watched maybe Scream 5 and now they're going back watching all of them and getting, you know, mm -hmm. to experience the Scream universe, you know, the way we did. And we got to grow up and watch them as they all came out. So it's like really cool to see that. Um, in my opinion, um, my one of my favorite slashers of all time, X, came out. Um, and then it followed up with Pearl, which... I think it's Mia Goff's Oscar-worthy performance. Um, but X and, and Pearl came out and, and started a whole new franchise with formulas of, you know, tropes of, like, sex, 70s, 80s, grindhouse, an insane killer, um, very different. I mean, I loved it. And I thought it was, like, a strong slasher entry that was, like, Wow. Okay. We're this. This is what I want to see out of like horror. Yeah. I mean, I've always known um, that Ty West had it in him to make a, a bona fide slasher. You know Absolutely. what I mean? I mean, he's danced around it before, and I he's been on my radar for a while. But it's it's really awesome to see like like bringing everything he's learned from all his different productions into this like very focused vision. You know, and it's crazy to see him like movies of this quality come out this quickly yeah like pearl followed up x like less than a year later mm -hmm. and it's like bro yeah are you working on meth right now like, <laughs> yeah what are you, how that are you was, doing this that was quite impressive um i know brooke um really enjoyed x yeah um, and x, pearl x was great i mean pearl was good but x was in my opinion yeah. far superior oh and everyone Definitely. at this table agrees definitely um and X was just, it had so much, it was funny. It had like, com like parts that were comedic. Yeah. But it was so fucking dark and like creepy. Like mm -hmm. she was such a fucking, that old lady was just a, like, just such a wild character. Like how do you think of something like that fucked up? She looks like she's like 150 years old. Right. Absolutely. And she had like a <laughs> sex dungeon and uh -huh. just like, and it, it had a lot of like, I don't know if this, for me, it reminded me parts of um, the Texas Chainsaw Absolutely. Massacre, like yeah. the original, mm -hmm. which was fucking cool because Texas Chainsaw is obviously like, you know, always thought of as like one of the classic, Absolutely. Yeah. great horror movies. Yeah. So it was just, and Jenna Ortega is one of my favorites, so just her being in it in general is amazing. And Mia Goth was, is always great. But also, both of them together? Same <laughs> together. Together, same um, movie? And, and look, look, you know, I completely agree with your points. It was funny. It was sexy. Um, it was the central theme of the movie. Um, but it was done in an original way. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, it broke the trope of like, if you have sex in a movie, you're going to die. Because we got Mia Goth, one of her characters, uh, walk out of it. And that's kudos to the point I was going to make in that Mia Goth and Jenna Ortega um, have become like the scream queens. They have just kind of taken over horror. 
um, to a point where, like, we were talking about before the episode um, that I don't care what they're in. I just want to see yeah. them because doesn't matter horror, what the genre is. Yeah, because horror has get tapped into their act, acting abilities and has made them stars. And horror is such a good formula for them. But like you said, you get two like bona fide stars in the same movie, and it was phenomenal. And with Mia Goth playing two roles, the villain and the final girl. No one else has done that. When does Maxine come out? Uh, so in the state of where horror is going, Maxine is... Next year. Yeah, I think it's next year. Um, so we're getting a continuation of that, which is really awesome um, and really cool. Um, pr- probably my favorite movie of 2023. Talk to me. And I know... Brooke has a lot to say about this movie. I'm sorry, talked about it on on some other episodes, but just what I wanted to say about Talk to Me, and I'll give it to you guys, is that Talk to Me cringed me the fuck out. All right, like I hate feet. It had that bona fide foot scene that was just like, wow, okay, it's been a while. Like I watch horror movies, and like I I, I, I love horror. It's very rare, very, very rare that a movie has even a scene, let alone just kind of the way the story was going, where I was like really disturbed and creeped out because the themes were great. Um, it had that scene that made me completely uncomfortable um, and it had Brooke laughing um, and just was a super original movie. Um that just kind of blew me away. Like I, I mean, it's a twenty four. They they pretty much are like one of the horror masters and production companies. Um, I watch pretty much anything that comes out of a twenty four. But this was something that like I didn't go in expecting it, and it shocked me in a great way. Um, but yeah, it was a great. It was probably the best movie of twenty twenty three so far. What do you think, bro? Um, yeah, it was definitely my favorite movie so far, especially in horror. Um, like you said, I wasn't expecting to go into it and even liking the movie. Like, I saw the previews and I was like, this looks kind of fucking cheesy. Um, but, uh, yeah, but I gave it a shot and it was my favorite movie so far this year. Um, the ending is just so fucking dark and it makes me, it has like a lot of emotion in it for me. That I just, I don't want to like, I don't know if I can spoil it or not. I probably shouldn't. But um, the ending is just, it's so fucking powerful in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, because the whole movie is just centered around this girl trying to, you know, communicate and f- have this feeling. And then at the end, she ends up dying because of it and being on the other side of it. It's fucking nuts. I think yeah. it's just so clever. Um, and, and it, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and they're going to have a sequel too. Yeah. And I feel like the sequel is probably going to be shitty. <laughs> I'm not, I'm it's yet to be seen. I, no, it's yet I to mean, be seen. It depends on where they go with it. I do understand that sometimes sequels kind of take away from like how great the first one may have been. Um, I'm definitely going to give it a shot because talk to me was, was really good. Oh yeah. But, I will definitely see it. I'm just nervous about it. Cause like we're... Are they going to keep it the same storyline? Are they going to change characters? Like, what's... I don't know. There's literally been no details released. Okay. Other at all. Like, plots under wraps. Like, everything's under wraps. There's no casting released. Nothing. So, I want to know, because, Josh, you said 
that when you first saw it, you didn't think it was as good as we thought it. So I'm so yeah. Curious. So I saw it uh, with my brother on opening night, and I was near the Charlotte area. And when I saw the trailer, I actually thought it looked really good. Hmm. Which I'm surprised when you said that. <laughs> uh, but I walked away at first kind of thinking, I don't know if it's plausible for kids to be doing this. Like, if if they would find this that intriguing that they would continue to go back to it. But then I thought about it and I'm like, no, there's definitely kids nowadays that probably would. And like, two... There's, it's just one of those things that like anybody has the ability, uh, to get hooked on. Just like pl- plenty of other things in life. Yeah, and that's the parallel that the movie makes to the concept of addiction. Like that was that, the whole point. It's not yeah. about the plausibility. It's the point that this could happen to anybody. And then because of the pre pre disposed things that the 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 main character had been through, kind of sets her up to endure what happens in the movie. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of in agreement with Brooke. Like, I went in to it like not expecting much, and when I saw the trailer, I guess because the central characters are teenagers, I was like, ah, you know. But I wanted to give it a shot because it was rated R. So I'm like, they can do things that you might not be able to do if it wasn't rated R, right? So I went in, and yeah, it just kind of, it just kind of blew me away because it had so much themes to it that like I could relate yeah. to. Yeah, and I didn't um, see that as much coming right out of it minutes yeah. later. I had to like let it, I had to like let it soak in. Yeah, for me I, to take all that. It sounds like actually, and it's another great, phenomenal A twenty four movie that's came out right before the pandemic. But that's kind of how you felt, how it's growing on you, how maybe we talked about it and you went in and watched it in a different light. Um, which sometimes movies require that. That's how I was with Hereditary. Like, the first time I watched it, I was like, I don't know how I feel about the ending. Everything before it was fucking freaky and disturbing and hit all the right notes, but the ending didn't land at first. And then I watched some other movies. Um, uh, I think it was Kill List I watched, and I'm like, oh, that works really well. And I went in with that mind frame of how it connected the story of Hereditary, and I was like oh, wow, that's dark and fucked up. And now it all just kind of, like, comes together in this mm-hmm. master, like masterpiece kind of way. Um, Another thing that I'll say about what talked to me is kind of... And, and you could tie this back to Hereditary. I feel like, I, like right around COVID, post-COVID, horror is, like, hitting a lot closer to home mm-hmm. in the sense that it's becoming, like, a lot more domestic. Yeah. Now, it's not like we haven't seen, like, that that before right but i don't think we've seen as many releases of hard-hitting horror movies no that are like extremely emotional and family ties and yeah guilt and you know betrayal depression like really getting into some of these core human things we haven't seen as much or done as strongly in horror absolutely um that's, that's, that's a great point um other i just wanted to mention on that real fast um that one scene in Talk to Me where it's like all the the kids are like all night they just like are doing it over and over and over again and having like a great fucking time. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that part? Mm-hmm. Um, that just reminded me of like when I first started using like my drug of choice. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Yeah. Everything was fucking great. Like we just yeah would do it over and over yep. and over again, and we had a great fucking time. And then before you know it. It's like gets out of fucking hand. Yep. And now, like, you know, 
fucking half of your friends, not half of your friends, but like a handful of friends have died. Yeah. Because of this, yeah. like this one time, like you had this great fucking time with it and mm-hmm. it just got out of fucking control. And that's why I think it's such a powerful movie because yes. it really fucking, it did a really good job of showing just how it like, you know, like cunning and baffling like addiction can be. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's exactly what the writer was. But it was such for. a fucking clever idea because who the fuck would have ever? I would have never thought to use a fucking like, you know, like a hand that could like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like yeah. make you talk to dead people as yeah. like a way to, you know, show and addiction. then use it as like a drug. Yeah, and then I, yeah, I think that's like two great things for the for the post COVID. I just want to say about COVID was terrible, but. In, in what it's done for horror now that things are back to normal. Yeah, I mean, the parallels to addiction, that's why it hit me so mm-hmm. hard because I'm also in recovery. So, like, when I look at that, I was like, dude, that was me at, like, 15, just, like, having a great time. And little did I know that, you know, it was going to take this deadly turn. And even with some of those consequences, I'm still going to keep doing it, you know what I mean, until I hit my rock bottom. And what I think made the ending land so well is that's kind of what happened to her if she had a rock bottom moment where she realized this shit has gotten out of control and tries to do you know what she can to kind of fix what's happening and it came from you know for the story it's like it don't seem selfish that she's just trying to talk to her mom that was the whole reason yeah but in the sense that that selfish motive of hers to keep doing it led to her dying and losing her own life yeah at the end that's exactly kind of like how addiction like what what has to happen you know what i mean um and for some they don't make it and that's why it landed so well but even though she died and why i think that the sequel could be really good is that it ends with these other kids not even knowing what's about to happen about to do the same thing, much like we read about what happens because of addiction all the time. And until we hit our rock bottoms and got our lives together, we're going to keep and doing it regardless of what's cycle, happening. It's right? in, it's yep. in some yep. other country. Yep. It's like no one, no one is exempt. And that's exactly what made it. But I also think, too, this is the strong writing that I think that isolation allowed a lot of writers is yeah. to like think very deeply about how they can almost take certain tropes from other movies and respect genres um, or what's come before, but also find a clever way, as Brooke put, to put some originality and like use an embalmed fucking hand to tell this story, you know, um, which is like, what the fuck? Like, that's, that's a, okay. And find out how, like, even though when I first went, eh, bombed hand, where are we going with this? They went to some really, really great places. Um, but just kind of going back, and I think at this point, like, I'm just going to kind of just go through the list and yeah, just kind of name my them. List and, is then, the same as yours. and then <laughs> kind of like just touch like on different ones or maybe stop at ones that might stand out. But like just where horror has gone, um, we had Studio 666, another Janet Ortega. Um, oh, I rest- didn't know she was in there. She was. Um, she had a few scenes. Um, shout out, you know, to the Foo Fighters, but also rest in peace, Taylor Hawkins. Great to see him in this movie before his untimely passing. But um, it was different. It was funny. It was campy. 
um, which I thought was really cool. Um, going back to uh, 2020 um, and just kind of some of the first movies that have come out of the post-COVID era of horror, um, The Invisible Man, Lee mm-hmm. Renal's, uh, you know, he wrote, he directed this. Um, I thought it was a very strong take. Um, it, it was very, it was like taking Hollow Man, which was cheesy, and saying we're gonna add domestic themes. I was gonna we're say gonna, it's gonna it hits close to home, like it's it's that whole theme. Yeah, and put out a really strong movie, which is, it's Elizabeth Moss, correct, bro? Moss, yeah, yeah, Moss, Elizabeth Moss, yeah. She's also she bodies like, it, dude. She's, she's also she's someone in heart too. The same character in a lot of things. No, though. I'll give you that. I'll give I mean, you she's that. a great actress. Don't yes. get me wrong; she's great. But like, she plays almost like she, she doesn't plays... go too far off from June from no. *Handmaid's Tale*. Yeah. She doesn't yeah. tread too far off, seemingly. which is fine. I mean, because some people don't watch it, so fuck it. But yeah, yeah, it was a great movie. I thought it was good. It was clever. Yeah. Um, recall. We're going back to the recall. We had the Candyman connection to the original, which was a strong take. It had Jordan Peele's production in it. Um, it was a strong story by a female. Uh, I believe it was a female director. It was a female. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought it was great for the culture. Um, I thought it was great for the storyline. I thought it was a great take on like the decay of Chicago. Um, those urban, like just the urban atmosphere you're in, regardless of what's happening around you. Um, I loved the scene where the girls die because I just felt <laughs> like it. It was it just lifted the story to take it to like we can go here, but it didn't go too far off. It, it stayed very central to the like main characters, but did show that like Candyman still has a presence. Um, and I thought it was the strongest entry since the original. Oh, by far. In in comparison to what, you know, we were left with to come back and give us a story that's strong. And I feel like we're in agreement with this, but, um, again, we're, I know we're a little divided in some, some, you know, opinions, but I thought Saul 1 and 2, maybe even 3, right? It was, that's kind of where, like, the last good entries, um, Spiral, you know, another one that just came out, uh, was it 2021? Um, it was, it was different. It was cool to see Chris Rock do something, but I felt like Saul 10, which just came out, mm-hmm. really brought us back to the core of like the connection between Amanda to, to, you know, Jigsaw. Um, I thought it was a strong entry to kind of bring us back to like the formula that worked. Um, and it was cool to see that we could still do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I thought, Spiral was was cool. It was nice. Yeah, it was nice yeah. to see something in the Saw universe that wasn't Saw, that was a tiny bit different. I mean, it was definitely better than Jigsaw before. The world's better than Jigsaw. Right. <laughs> but I wouldn't but I wouldn't want to necessarily like stay there. No. Like I always do really nostalgically want to go back to the original characters and that's why it worked so well. And that's why I saw 10 I thought for that point it worked as We're well. We're going back to well. the original relationship that started it all and got people hooked on the franchise. Absolutely. Um and I'm a fan of the franchise, you know what I mean? At least definitely the first couple of entries for Story Point, and I thought it was cool to see that come back. Um, another one that we can talk about this for like, you know, a minute or two and kind of get some, because this has got a lot of opinions. Um, fucking, speaking of me at Goth, Infinity Pool. Infinity Pool to me is a close contender um, for some of the, best films of oh man host that did COVID. come out this year i believe it was it? it may have been or this year it, it might have been last year either way either way infinity pool blew me away 
um, for a lot of reasons. Cinematography, strong. Like, please put Mia Goth into more. Um, yeah. Okay. So it was twenty twenty three. I don't that, know if I that, could take that over. Talk to me. That those that's are the close. two. Those are the two. That's close. Yeah, those two are really there. Um, I'm yeah. going to say talk to me is a little little stronger for a story point. Um, but look, the cinematography. Um, probably the only movie I could watch at Orgy and not be like this. You know how some movies, especially 70s, 80s, like it's there for no reason at all. You really mm-hmm. don't need this fucking these sex scenes. This brought back the concept of why you do possibly need them because it fit in the story and just how insane these people were. Well, and the and the way it was done, the, mm-hmm. like what to to what you were saying about the cinematography of just the scene in general, yep, yep. is very hallucinatory. They're all mm-hmm. taking drugs. It's yep. like very flashes of things. Yeah. Like the way it's done is yeah. amazing. Um, again, Mia Goth like put on like to come out of. X, Pearl, and this. Like, she's just getting better. Um, a super strong performance. Um, I also like that it was original. You know what I mean? Just the concept of, like, cloning yourself to commit crimes. And if you have the money and the wealth, you can get away with a lot. That, to me, was just, like... And just, like, I felt like the ending you could take in any way you want. You know you what can. I mean? Um, you can take it to where... He stayed there, or you can take it to where he left because either, I truly either believe the, either, that he the, either the clone stayed or yeah. the clone went back. No, I think the clone went and back. And it doesn't tell you. Nope. So it's but I do think that the clone went back and he stayed. Oh, I think so. Yeah. I think because I think for him his character was like so sheltered. He was so sheltered, and I think that Migas' character and, and the people that she was running with like really brought out something where he's like wanting to take this adventurous life and 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 do something different but it's also fucking dark and it also has some extremely uncomfortable scenes um that are like whoa uh, some of the more some of the more <sighs> most uncomfortable i felt watching a movie this year probably yeah like that's a movie like i watch a lot of horror with my mom um we me and brooke have kind of gotten her into watching horror i would not that and extra two movies <laughs> that i could never watch with my mother like in the same room like mom you want to watch this movie i'm gonna go out and you tell me what you think but it it, it is it's yeah. it, you know um you gotta watch it with the appropriate people but it's a powerful story um touches on a lot of like these like domestic interpersonal character driven uh, story arcs that I think have come out even stronger since post COVID. Um, what did you think about it? Yeah, what was your Brooke like? I mean, I would say I don't even know. It was, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it was really good. No, it was really good, but you had to really pay attention. You did, you had to pay attention, and it could, I need to rewatch it. You know, I feel like after listening to you guys talk about it, I think certain parts I either missed or I just didn't completely understand it. It so, was, I will say that I took a lot more away watching it again. Right. Yeah. From the first yeah. time. It was yeah. like definitely something you build upon the viewing. So. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't even know if I would put it in the same category as talk to me, like to even be able to compare the two to say one's better than the other. Quality wise. Yeah. 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 Because it's, it has different layers. It's sci-fi. You know, okay, it has yeah. sci-fi yeah, it does. elements to it, and it's just um, 
it's truly just a, different. It's way different, and it's way... I don't know if I would say it's more intelligent. I don't know if that's the right word, but it's just... It's very. I know what you're trying to say. I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, and you really there's a lot of layers. Yeah, Yeah. you really have to pay attention to what's going on. And I think even if you watch it a second time, you got to watch it again to get even more out of it. I think it's one of those movies that you can keep watching it to get more out of it. You haven't seen it. I'll just make reference of it so we don't get too off track with the list. But I feel like that way about Bo is afraid. That is oh, definitely. so fucking layered that I need to watch it six more times That's, to yeah. completely understand it. Which is, again, another really strong character-driven, very themed and traumatic trauma. Probably the most insane movie I've seen as far as how far it goes this from one sure. fr- from one place of comedy to this place of darkness. Back like The way it was able to pivot through... Ari Esther has definitely solidified himself as an, uh, a director that I will continuously want to see what he puts out. Like, it's hard to even put a genre on Bo's Afraid. Yeah, I don't even I don't, know. I don't it's even know Comedy, if it's horror, c- coming drama, of age, drama. How do you do dramedy, horror, comedy in one word? Yeah, I don't know, but that would be the word. Uh, <laughs> we'll coin that term later. Um, but, you know, the first movie um, that me and Brooke saw together as a couple, The Hunt, um, that was pretty cool. Um, it wasn't as hard as some of the other movies, um, but it was a cool little thriller that I thought was different. Politic and I based. Thought, and I, I thought it was like say. a good fuck you. Yeah, it was fun. For the times. It was fun. Um, I actually really enjoyed this movie. Um, it's definitely a horror comedy, but I thought the menu had a lot of strong things Oh, to I love the menu. I thought it was a really, really strong movie. Um, one of the best of 2022. Yes, for sure. Um, and... Uh, Ralph finds his performance is amazing in it, that movie. I mean, he's a great actor. Period. In, period. But, but that was that was it. And then uh, Anna Joy, can't remember her full name. Taylor. Taylor. Thank you. Um, she has really come up in horror. I mean, she was doing The Witch and some other stuff prior to the post-COVID horror. Um, but she's coming up. Um, and I thought this was a performance of hers that was one of her strongest performances. Um, playing a character that's like so damaged mm-hmm. and in the wrong place at the wrong time, but the only one who has the ability because of the way the theme is, is like, I didn't even care when these people died at the end because they didn't even put up a fight. But Well, that was like the point. Like you it were was supposed to point. hate everybody. Like yes. you were supposed to side with the chef. Absolutely. And, and I did. And you I know. did. And I was glad that what I liked about his character and how that movie ended is that it was dark enough the whole way through. Um, And it had a lot of comedy thrown in there, which was really cool. What I liked about it is that she touched a place of purity of his that allowed him to let her go. Where he said, I'm not going to take this out on you. I'm just going to finish what I'm doing here, but you can leave. Maybe even impurity. Because she came from nothing like he did. Oh, no. Yeah, that too. I mean, I feel like it's more like humanity mm-hmm. in general. Like, yeah. But I thought, yeah, I thought the movie was, it was good. It was, again, I went into it expecting not to like it, and I ended up liking it. So I love the social commentary of just, like, how people physically, mentally abuse food culture. 
Absolutely. You know, and like Absolutely. restaurant, the restaurant industry and everything it has to say about that. Yeah. I fucking loved it because I'd never seen that in a movie before. And I, I was curious, like, if you had anything more to add on the menu before we move on, just because you do work in the food industry, like That's how that too. may have, like, if, did you, did you feel any different or see it in a different light? I mean, I probably related a little bit more, I guess, but I'm not a chef, so, okay. you know, I don't have people critiquing or, like, commenting yeah. on my menu or, like, getting upset about, like, you know, saying they didn't like the food they ate, like, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. it has nothing to, it's not personally attacking me, okay. but, I mean, I can definitely understand it. Um, yeah, like, but... that high-end market is... Uh, that's why shit. I don't work in fine dining. Exactly. Because yeah. it's, people take it way too seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, it's fucking food, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and, that, and the movie goes to, like, that prove point. that point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like, calm the fuck down. I think, people I th- take it too seriously, for sure. I think the cool thing about the post COVID horror with some of the elements of the movies that we've talked about is just the idea that social commentary is put in it, but not in a way that's, like, over the top. Like, it touches exactly the point it needs to without probably, like, pissing people off, but, like, makes a point for people to start thinking. And I think what horror is doing a lot, um, even the screams with, like, the motives, um, especially with Five, even, um, or, or more so with Five, is that we have these, like, themes in the movie that, like, make you think. And want to have conversations about like maybe where you're going in your life or like who you're surrounding yourself with. Because, I mean, Screen 5's motive is all about toxic fandom. You know, um, the menu is talking about like people who like take food culture too seriously um, and just don't appreciate like just like it's food, bro. Like just enjoy it. It's not that deep. Like, treat other human beings like a human being. But also, you know? yeah, like some people, like it's their art. Like for yeah. chefs, like yeah. that's their art. Like that's their creation. Like you don't have to shit on it. Like what the fuck? Right. Like if art is supposed to be a thing that people can have any opinion on and that's okay. Or interpretation. Right. right. Like you should treat it the same way. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Like. Absolutely. Um, I enjoyed the black foam. Uh, probably more than most people. At yeah, this table. I thought it was good, but I, I thought it was I wasn't good. Wild. I like it because I think Ethan Hawke is like a really, really good actor. Yeah, he was great. And was I good thought at it, it yeah. was cool to see him. Like we saw, he did some different movies that weren't horror, where he was kind of villainous. But I feel like this was one of the, and he's been in horror because of Sinister. But yeah. This is the first movie where he got to play the villain. I feel like in that way, and I think he yeah. did a really good job of like playing a creepy character. Um, and for, I believe it was, was it R or PG-13? I'm not sure where the rating was, but it was dark enough, regardless of the rating, that, like, I enjoyed it, and it went to those, like, dark places in horror that I enjoyed where, like, no one's safe on the table. It was R. Okay. It was R. Um, which is probably why they got to do it with the kid, like, a lot of kid victims and stuff. I like when a movie does that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I like seeing a movie that, like, can go to these bold places, and I, th- I thought it was cool because it was based off a story that was written by Stephen King's son. I forgot about that. And I yeah, liked yeah, seeing yeah. that it was pretty close to the source yeah. material. Um, but I enjoyed that. I don't know if you guys have any other opinions on I, that. I thought that it was a good movie, right? I thought it was a good movie. A little hokey. At tw- sure. But yeah. I, that, that also reminded me of certain Stephen King 
I know it's his son, but it reminded me of certain Stephen King stories where it's like there is this like supernatural backbone to mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it is it is very good in my opinion. I also really enjoyed how fucking brutal it was. Like those kids yeah. beat the shit out of each other. Yeah. And like that's like real shit. Like yeah. they like were like hitting each other with rocks over the head. And no, shit. I'm, I had some middle school fights like that, bro. Like, like that's fucking wild. Like you don't really see shit like that in movies. No, you least. mean like in the beginning yeah. and all that? And like the, the dad like, is like treating his son like shit. Yeah. But I thought that was like, like dang it. There's one thing that saved that movie for me. Um, well, I wouldn't say saved it, but saved the character for me. Um, and I guess it had to happen, but. At least he came out, right? So, yeah, the dad was an abusive father. Um, those kids were already kind of tormented before what happened to the, the brother and, like, the emotional uh, pain that the sister was going through trying to locate her brother. But the fact that after all that happened, the dad found it in him to change and had that, like, you knew the dad was going to be different and, like, be more supportive, loving, and caring towards his kids because of that. I hate that, like, he was abusive in the first place. Mm-hmm. But I like the idea that his character at the end realized, like, shit's precious. Yeah. I thought that was a little cool thing to add in there. It kind of just made the movie a... It, it gave that happy ending. It needed yeah, it, it let yeah. it end a little bit lighter than it than it could have otherwise. Right. Um, and they're also coming out with a black phone, too. 2024 oh are they so okay. that's gonna be interesting um before i forget they're also coming out with a scream seven um <laughs> excited to see what's gonna happen with that um i thought it was cool me and her watched it last night you may have not seen it yet it was a lot cooler than i thought it would be. five nights i did watch it yeah and it was cooler than i thought it would be i okay. love matthew lillard so it was cool um it held back a lot because it's pg-13 yeah yeah. but i thought it was cool i i think it was good for kids i think it was something that was enough for kids but not too much for Mm -hmm. kids and it did have really dark themes but it just couldn't really and they had kind of had to do it that way they're not going to make the money that they could make if they were to make it r it appeals to kids they couldn't do it any other way and i thought that was cool it found a nice balance so it was decent enough it's not like a movie i'm gonna go watch a million times in a row but it's one that like i wouldn't mind watching again with my kid and watching the excitement he had watching it um smile i thought was really good yeah i really enjoyed that that was probably one of the top 2022 movies for me and like it's it's wild so dark it's like it's not that original no it's not you know what i mean like it's not it's really not no that original at all but it one it made a ton of money which you don't have to make you don't have to be original to make money but It's All like the marketing too. Yeah, like yeah. a potential franchise starter. Yeah, you know, and it's like something that simple. Yeah, and I, like I, I, boom, I, like it just like blows up. I just the way they did it. it. Yeah, the entire marketing, everything that went into it, got people really, really excited for it. Um, I, I think that like. I love how dark that ending was. Oh, I love the ending. The ending made it so cool, and I also and. We, we're going to talk about it with the next movie, um, the next two or three movies, but I loved the fucking monster. I loved the cinematography and how everything was put together when you finally saw the monster in its form walking into her mouth. Like, I loved the monster. I really enjoyed um, how simple, different, creepy, abstract it was. Very, very blown away by that. I did think that that was something that wasn't hokey. Um, was creepy enough, but it had slow mysterious. And then because they're gonna do a smile too, mm-hmm. that's been greenlit. 
I want to know more about this monster. I want the backstory. I want to see it in its purest form because you could do anything with it. And that's what I enjoyed about Smile. And the performances were much better than expected because you had the girl who played like a few episodes in 13 Reasons Why. And you had the guy from her high school uh, who was in one or two scenes of Screen 5, but it's it's good he's, actor. He's been in a lot of... No, he has. Like, lower grade, like, yeah. horror movies. Though. Yeah. Like, he was in, I think, the remake of whatever, Fred. Ah, uh, that terrible Freddy Krueger remake. He was oh, in. Oh, he was in uh, that one. Yeah, in two thousand. But she went to high school with the guy Vince from Scream Five. So, oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. So it it was Westchester, I, PA. Shout out. Yeah, but I <laughs> I did think it was cool because that was a, a a character where he got to put on a little bit more acting. And he got the, yeah, like, it he, was, he I, I liked his character. Yeah, he could have a little bit more chops with that yeah. than he could um, I, um, for that movie, Smile, but that's what I was going to say. I think that's why it was so good was because it was so fucking simple. Yes. They didn't overcomplicate yeah. any you of You take it stories. something simple and you that's twist it. it just a little. That's it. Yeah, like, and they didn't. And the floodgates open see, somehow. So with the monster and shit, what you're talking about in the second one. I like liked that it was so simple that you didn't know shit about it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like I, because I feel like when the, once they start trying yeah, to do the, the backstory and all these things, that's yeah. when it fucks up. Yeah, I agree. Just personally, no, I completely agree with that. Um, I thought Freaky was an interesting horror comedy. Oh, Freaky's great. Um, same it, dude who did Happy Death Day. Yeah, it's very and similar. he's going to be the same guy who does Scream Seven. So. He's had, like, Freaky wasn't the greatest, but it was pretty cool. It was interesting enough yeah. um, to make me want to see this director. I mean, I thought it was very well done. I yeah. love the kills. I love that Vince Vaughn played this fucking crazy-ass <laughs> yeah. high school girl. It was much better than his performance in Psycho. Um, <laughs> but also, and I don't know how people feel, um, but I think Prey might be the best Predator, if not at least top two. Um, top two, I, I'll give you that. I, I'm not putting it over the original. I, it, it's right you, there for me. I'll give you it, top two. It, it's yeah, that's fine. Right, right there in the mix. Um, I thought it was an outstanding performance. I thought the cinematography was great. I love the callbacks to the original. Um, I loved that it was dark. I loved that it was um, more character driven for the main lead. Um, I liked that the main lead was a female. Um, and that's something in horror I've noticed is we're getting these mm -hmm. really strong female leads. Um, and it wasn't over the top. No. And it fit. It, was, it wasn't over the top, but it was over the top enough to fit within the Predator world. Yeah. And for something to come out that strong to where, it, like I said, if it's not the best one, it's the second best one in a long-standing franchise... That says something. And you know, but the only thing, and this is no knock to the movie, this is more of a knock to the studio. It pisses me off that I couldn't go see that in the movie theater. I had yeah. to watch it on my fucking TV at home, mm -hmm. streaming, when that's the type of movie I wish I could have saw Yeah, on a big I, screen. And I 20th agree. Century Fox didn't want to attempt that. They just wanted to sell it to Hulu. Yeah, I agree. Because um, it would have been a great experience. But... Still was a great experience. But yeah, no, it still was. But like, you know what I mean? That's like yeah. a small little gripe, but... And then just to cap off, and then we could just quickly go over what's coming out. Um, 
and then maybe just comment. Uh, Don't forget, uh, uh, Evil Dead Rises. No, it's on okay. there. Um, God, this might be a two-part episode. So, I think Barbarian was the what the fuck movie of twenty twenty two. Yeah. Sorry, that movie was like yeah. marketed so fucking well. That that is the best marketing the best I've marketing seen. I've seen the past few years. Yeah. Um. That yeah. might be like some of the best marketing I've ever seen. I mean, in the just, sense that you like it. you kept dude, it from everybody. You kept it and <laughs> like and Malignant did the same thing. Yeah, Malignant did it too. Um. I think Barbarian's much better than Malignant. Oh my god. Yeah. Um. But I think that Malignant did the same thing in that it shows you like I thought. Come on, it's the dude who played it. I'm like, dude, he. It, is he got a dungeon yeah. that That's he's created? That's why they cast him, dude. Right. Like, and then the fact that halfway through this fucking movie, it says no. And you get this fucking dark, I mean, extremely dark, very uncomfortable subject matter that created a monster and just ran with it. First of all, that was probably the coolest monster that I've seen in a film uh, in, a, in quite a few years. Um, yeah. One of the it, most original. Uh, you I definitely didn't I mean, see that coming. Look, let's just get it out there. This is an ancestral yeah. creation by a monster who's not who's probably the main monster, but is not the main monster of the movie. It's, you know, what fucking sick shit he did that created this offspring daughter who just is brutal, but also I'm sorry, the funniest thing I've seen in 2022 is her flying off the fucking tower. Roof, yeah. It was so over the top, but so hilarious that I was like, dude, yes. And then the fact that Justin Long didn't make it made me so happy. Because that was a theme where it's like, that shit's happening and fuck that shit. Yeah. And he thought he was going to get out of that and he doesn't. And I was so happy. And I love Justin Long. But it was one of the most despicable characters he's ever played. Yeah, he was a piece so of shit. So he had that coming, and I was like, thank you. I felt like that was a little bit of a statement that was just subtle enough. But I picked up on it, and I fucking loved that movie. Same thing with Malignant. It's just, you think it's a serial killer? You think it's maybe like her mind can connect and see premonitions? So it was a lot of cool shit already marketed. And then, no, she got a fucking crazy-ass twin fucking... Jackie Chan martial arts fucking <laughs> that was brain. such a great scene I loved that scene that it's is amazing some, that is yeah. some of the best fighting I've seen in a movie and it's not even a fucking I was like am movie. I watching the next Matrix right now right yeah. that's how I felt dude um, that movie was great I yeah that and that was James Wan and I love James Wan so there you go the, both of those movies not only were their stories that original but like just to go back like when I was still the trailers for both of those movies they never went more than a third of the way through the movie as far as what they sh showed you in the trailer. Right, yeah. right. I wish every studio did that. Like, that's yes. the smart thing to do. That... Don't give me more than a third of the movie. Right. Yeah. And I think that, like, the ones I'm not mentioning, even though they may have been good, I went in knowing so much right. that right. It, it, it took away. Um, that is a marketing technique that should be used in a lot of films because, again barbarian really was like what the fuck and malignant like those are, two, those are the two what so the fuck since the pandemic yeah. yeah i don't know what to expect yeah you know? exactly um and then you know this is going to be a two-part episode so i'll end it on this um and then we'll come right back uh to the rest of what we got going on um evil dead rise probably my second favorite evil dead outside of evil dead 2 that's my take on it um i loved it 
Um, again, strong female leads. I love that. I really do. I think that it's really allowing women to be more involved in the industry. Um, you took, you brought it back to Evil Dead, like you brought it back to the cabin in a clever way, right? Um, the beginning of the movie is really the end. So I like that. Like it's, it opened up the franchise again, um, stayed within the Evil Dead universe. So it was kind of a requel in a way. Um, but also, you know, still still a sequel. But it was still a sequel to the remake. Right. Um, you know, I, and I know you really love the remake, and I, and I do too, but I think that, you know, it wasn't as dark as the remake, because um, that got really... I guess it wasn't as gory or brutal. Yeah, it, that's true. Um, but again, it did that bold move, and I was just getting a tattoo on Friday, and the... You know, the owner who, you know, he puts movies on while you're getting tattooed. And he was telling his client, he was like, so pay attention to these kids. Pick which one you like. Because shit's about to hit the fan. I love that these horror movies are taking that. Bro, we're just going to get the kids killed out of the way. We're just going to go right there. Yeah, with all it. those like, We're taking tropes. bold moves. And I like that because, like, it. obviously it's a movie. So I don't have to feel bad. Um, you know, uh, but I get to see some shit where I'm like, yo, you're taking bold moves and you're creating a great film. And it was creepy. It was creepy. It didn't scare me, but it was creepy. I was like, what the fuck? And the way that she came together is like a spider formed fucking collage of like her kids. And it was fucking great. And I really, really enjoyed it. And it was gory enough. Definitely one of the I like the day. I didn't. It wasn't as it, it. It wasn't as brutal as the remake, but it upped the ante on like the grotesqueness of the creatures and shit. You yeah. know what I mean? And especially the final one. Mm-hmm. Like it really pushed that to the envelope, and like that's what Evil Dead's all about, man. Like let's let's push this shit as far as we can. And I felt like the remake was strong. Um, I didn't like the third one as much. Right? Like, no one really does. Yeah. The first one was good. The second one is my favorite. And then with the remake, it was kind of like, well, if you leave the franchise there, that's okay. But the way they did Evil Dead Rise, and I'm sure a sequel is coming. Yeah. Um, I like that the story was strong enough that I want to see it continue. I want to see at least a, a another one or maybe two more to kind of wrap up where this particular formula you know what i mean because it was different and it was in a gritty building i love the cinematography um, and i like that taking the franchise to somewhere we hadn't seen it before and that was really cool you know what i mean um i know you really like evil dead rise that might be i think evil dead rise um talk to me and infinity Pool yeah. are the three strongest uh Probably, yeah. films um and i say that loving the screen franchise those three are still better yeah, you know, I would what agree. I mean? um, Overall, yeah, for 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 you know different reasons. How'd you feel about Evil Dead Rise? I enjoyed it a lot. I thought the opening scene was really cool. The what's that called? The, the title card. Yeah, yeah. The title graphics. Out of the water. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that was yeah. that was fucking cool. I like that her head was fucking. She scalped her fucking head off. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that was a great way to open. I'll it's tell you, gory, it's. You know, you could relate to the characters. Um, 
I think you said that you liked that it got to the point and gave you enough backstory. Of well, the, that's uh, that's my thing with most horror movies. I like to get think, we like well, I like that we got into the family dynamic. Yeah, and nothing Evil Dead happened for like forty minutes. But other, that other, did, than, other than the yeah. opening, other and, than the opening, it built the relationship with the it family. Built a really strong finale, like because once it like it was slow, looks more slow than some of the other Evil Deads, um, but it was like we're gonna build you up and then once we get there we don't let go well, like we did it was relenting down exactly you know they had that, that cool was good. shot where it was like through the um people whatever yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah 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 i thought that was pretty cool yeah um so in part one of what has now become a two-part episode um because there's just a few more things that have to be talked about um we feel that the state of horror over the last three years I think me and Josh have said this plenty of times on episodes. I believe we're in one of the strongest, if not the strongest eras of horror we've been in. Um, since the 80s. Since the 80s. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like, you know, where we're headed in horror, I'm super excited about. Um, again, we're getting a lot of female strong leads, which is really cool to see. Um, to give them more. Um, I also like that the stories are hitting home, and I also like that we're getting some of the best cinematography I've seen in films because we're at that point where, like, dude, we have so much technology. Yeah, yeah. We need to, you know, use this dude, to the our more, The more you can do with cameras, then the more artistic it needs to get. And I think it's only going to involve. Um, but we got some really cool stuff for part two, so stay tuned, and we will be back. For now, this is Philly Pat signing off. See you. See you. Happy Halloween.